Amen. Thank you, worship team, and good morning. Welcome. My name is Rob, pastor here at Capitol Press Fairfax. It is good to see you this morning. As Ryan said, Psalm 121 is about where do we go for help. That's what we just sang about. This morning, I need help preaching, and we all need help listening and hearing and trusting and following this word of God. So like we do every week, I'm going to pray and ask God to help us. So pray with me. Mighty and merciful Father, we we ask that you would help us to hear from you. Speak to us through your word. Save us from being those who are ever seeing but never perceiving, ever hearing but never understanding. By your spirit, open up your scriptures that we might see Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Help. Where do we go for help? Help for the journey. I shared this with you, a few of you, uh, a while back. So help for the journey. There was a season, maybe about 10 years ago, when I was making some frequent trips to South Sudan. So in and out of South Sudan to work on some projects. On one particular trip, I was needing to go to an area called Pibor. All right, Pibor is uh, northeast of the capital city of Juba. I'm working out the logistics to go to Pibor because we're going to look at building a school there. And um, I'm hoping we can fly there, but find out it's the rainy season. All right, so the runway, you can't land on it, you can't take off, it's not good for planes. Uh, And so I'm talking to my man, James. I'm like, James, it looks like we can't fly there. Let's drive there. James is local. uh, And he's like, Rob, we can't drive to Pibor. All right, and I'm like, James, I'm looking right here on the map. There is a road to Pibor. We can drive to Pibor. He's like, Rob, we cannot drive to Pibor. I'm like, James, okay, I get it. You're taking a look at me. You're trying to draw some conclusions. All right, James, I lived in South Africa for eight years. All right, I know what it's like to drive in the bush, go on dirt roads. In fact, James, where I am from, driving on dirt roads and getting stuck is what we do for fun. All right, like what's the worst that could happen, right? Like let's just drive to Pibor. He says, Rob, the road to Pibor has not been demined after years of conflict in our country. There are still landmines all over that road, Rob. We cannot drive to Peabord, to which I say, fair enough, all right? Let's wait till the runway dries out. Uh, He gave me some help for the journey. Now, I would imagine for most of your lives this week, uh, riding around the Beltway and in the suburbs, you're not going to be worried about uh, driving over some literal landmines, right? It's probably something we should be thankful for and not take for granted. But there are those figurative landmines in our lives, right? Figurative landmines uh, that we could step on as we're getting ready to start a new school year, as we're going through our jobs, the landmines in our relationships, you know, the kind when you step on them, they blow up and do all kinds of damage. We need help avoiding those, right? And I would imagine... With as many of us as there are here this morning, there's someone here who's thinking, well, yeah, it's kind of too late for that. Like this this past week, maybe it was last night, like, yeah, I stepped on one of those landmines and the damage is everywhere in my life or the life of those that I love. Um, You're in the right place this morning. And Psalm 121 is the right text for us to go to to see where our help comes from. As we make our way through these verses, eight verses, we're going to see how this psalm gives us help for the journey in a few ways. One, it just helps us admit our need for help. 
Two, it helps us avoid going to the wrong places for help. And three, it shows us where to go for help. So admit, avoid, and avoid and go. That's what we're going to be looking at. So before we even get to verse one, let's look at the editorial title there, Psalm 121, a Psalm of Ascent. All right, we've already been in one Psalm of Ascent this summer. And I gave an explanation of what it was, and I'm sure every one of you remembers what I said. But for those who are visiting, I'll go over it again, all right? Psalms of Ascent are a a collection of psalms within the psalms. All right, there's 15 psalms of ascent, Psalm 120 through Psalm 134. And these psalms were used by God's people while they would make their way up to Jerusalem. At least three times a year, they would go for for the Feast of Passover or for the Feast of, I wrote it down here so I would remember this, all right, Pentecost and the Feast of Tabernacle, all right? These three times, God's people are making their way up to Jerusalem, and up is important. Jerusalem, uh, you know, topographically, it's it's the highest point around. And so think of the Psalms of Ascent as an ancient Spotify playlist of sorts, right? When they would make this journey, they would sing these songs. And when they would come, like when Psalm 121 would come up in the playlist, they would be reminded, their their memories would be refreshed of who God is and what he's done and the help that they have in him. Psalm 121 helps us admit our need for help. Verse one, I lift my eyes to the hills from where does my help come from? That's the central question, all right? That's the central theme. And in these eight verses, you see he lays out a few ways where he might need help along his journey, along the literal journey or life's journey. He talks about, well, you you keep my feet from moving. You help me not to stumble. You you help the sun not to beat on me too hard. And you, you help me not to be struck by the moon. Remember, traveling in the ancient Near East was no joke. You you need protection from the sun, right? No Wawa to stop at on these journeys in the ancient Near East to, to cool off, to get refreshment. The sun could destroy you. I wonder if you read this and you're like, you you protect me from the moon. Like, why do I need protection from the moon? Again, in this ancient context, there was this thought of all the rigors of travel, extended travel on foot, uh, the fatigue and the anxiety, uh, it would actually lead to, the, the ancient writers called it, you being moonstruck. And we're actually not that far from it because when we use words like lunacy or lunatic, We're using the same word there, right? So basically the author is saying these journeys in life could bring some uh, physical challenges, some accidents, some emotional and relational and mental stress. Where do I go for help? Where does my help come from? Fast forward to 2023, and I think we like to think we've advanced a great deal, and in some ways we have, but really our journeys, both literal and through life, still possess the same amount of threats, if not more, and dangers, right? Think about life. Think about your journeys and think about your journey through life. Uh, just a few. Uh, disease could break out. We know something of that. That could wreak all kinds of havoc on your life. Um, Loneliness and mental health issues are at epidemic levels. 
And also there's just in our relationships and in our bodies the reality of a brokenness. And some of you know that full well, that things are broken in your physical health. And so Psalm 121 forces us to ask that same question, where does my help come from? Help. You know that word help? There are probably few words that it's harder for people in a church like this in a context like ours to say. Help. Students, let me ask you this. Uh, how do you feel uh, when you get a tutor? Like, do you want people to know that you have a tutor? I would imagine many of our students are like, yeah, I don't want my friends to, to find out I got a tutor. I don't want my friends to find out that I need help. Uh, maybe you've read Joseph Conrad's book, The Heart of Darkness. Anybody know how that book ends? Anybody remember like the last words of The Heart of Darkness? Kurtz is this central figure and he's seen all kinds of terrible things and experienced terrible things. So Conrad's book, The Heart of Darkness, ends with him saying these words. He whispers them. He says, the horror, the horror. And sometimes I imagine that's how our uber-competent type A DC people react when they think of having to admit that they need help. Admitting I need help, the horror, the horror. Can I share something with you? I've been doing ministry and involved in ministry for some two decades. And a lot of uh, the pain and, and agony that I've I've had a front row seat for. A lot of it has come because people didn't ask for help or they didn't ask for help soon enough. So we need to be those who admit our need for help. And let me get real practical too, because this is what I'll hear sometimes when I'm encouraging people to get help in their relationships, in their addictions, in their anxieties, whatever it is. Sometimes I'll encourage people to get help and they'll be like, oh, it's not that bad. All right, that's the whole point. Don't let it get that bad. All right, that's why we ask for help. Psalm 121 helps us admit our need for help. And then when we go to find help, it helps us avoid going to the wrong place. Again, verse one um, speaks to us about going to the wrong place. I lift my eyes up to the hills. From where does my help come from? Uh, I lift my eyes to the hills. Some would interpret this as the psalmist saying, in that context, a lot of idol worship, a lot of the false gods, a lot of the shrines and the sacrifices happened up in the mountains and the hills. All right, kind of the notion was like, oh, you're going on a journey and you need protection for the sun. Well, just run up to the sun priest up there in the hills, make an offering to the sun uh, God and all will be well. So in some ways, the, the, the author could be saying, well, I'll look to the hills, to these false gods and lesser gods. Where does my help come from? No, it doesn't come from there. My help comes from the Lord. Uh, regardless of how you want to interpret that statement, what's clear is um, asking that question, where does my help come from? There is a wrong answer and there is a right answer. All right, we don't want to go to the wrong answers. And I know, listen, 
None of you are going to run into difficulty this week, or I imagine none of you are going to run into difficulty this week or have some challenges and drive off to the Shenandoah to try to, you know, make a sacrifice to the fertility God to make things okay. But you will be tempted to run to wrong places to find the help that you need. Um, Several years back, I was riding with my son in the car. We were coming back from one of those early morning swim practices. We're listening to the radio, country music station. It's the morning show, so it's Bobby Bones. We're listening to Bobby Bones, and people are calling in for help, right? They're calling in to Bobby Bones for some relationship advice. And my son, I think he was in middle school at the time. He just kind of stops, and he's like, Dad... Why are they calling a radio station for relationship advice? That's that's a good question, right? Especially a country music radio station, right? Like maybe call the classical movie, news, I don't know. But don't, anyway. So he's he's like, why are they they calling in for, for help with their relationships to Bobby Bones, right? Like he just plays music. And I thought, and I'm like, well, one, relationships are really hard. And two, a lot of times people just don't know where to go for help. So where are we tempted to run to find help? You're going to face difficulties. You're going to need help. Some of us run to all kinds of places. Some of us run to substances, right? Like if I could just numb this with either alcohol or pain medication or food, we just try to to find help in those kinds of things. Some of us look around at the lives of those around us and try to pick up, hey, where, where are they getting help from? Some of us are struggling with our singleness or struggling in our marriage. And so we just try to find a little something overlook, that we're looking for in a screen. We just say, well, maybe I can just watch this on a screen and it'll just it'll give me a little taste of something that I long for. It's a wrong place to run for help. It's becoming increasingly popular to just kind of look inward and try to dial in our identity just right. Like, I need help. Things are hard. Maybe if I could just dial in how I think of myself and my identity just right, that would help. Friends, those are all wrong places to run for help. Where are the wrong places you run to? And let me ask you this. Let me ask you to be curious as to why you run to them. I don't want you to sit here and feel bad like, yep, I run to wrong places. Be curious and say, why do I run to those places? Is it because they don't demand that much of me? Is it because I feel like I can control them? Is it because um, because they seem more real sometimes than the help I have in my God? Why do you run to those wrong places? I'll just say this too. Just like uh, not admitting you uh, need help makes things way worse, going to the wrong places Um, I've seen it far too often where going, I'll say it this way. I have experienced it far too often that when I go to the wrong place, it just makes things worse. Admit we need help. Avoid going to the the wrong place. And finally, most importantly, where should we go for help? Verse 2, the author gives the clear and direct answer. Okay, I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? Verse 2, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. 
When you get home or sometime this week, do me a favor, or you can do it right now if you have a pen and a Bible open, underline all the times you see the words, the Lord and keeper or keep. You'll notice at least eight times in eight verses, he's using that word keeper or keep. And we don't use that word a lot. Like he's my keeper. Well, we, anyway, Um, we don't use that word a lot. It means protector, guardian. The Lord is your guardian. The Lord is your protector. He guards you. He protects you. That's what's going on there. And there's so much about verses two through four that I love. Notice that he starts with the grandest of scale. The author is maker of heaven and earth, and he will not let your foot be, be moved. That is, your Lord rules and reigns over a galaxy far, far away, and he knows about your foot in Fairfax. There's no... Um, way to understand the God of the Bible as a distant clockmaker, but rather your God is an ever-present help for every step of your journey. Then the author talks about sleep, and I love this too. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. And remember the context. Remember the original audience. Some of their false gods had sleeping issues. Remember in 1 Kings, Elijah taunts some of the the priests of Baal. He says, hey, maybe you need to be a little bit louder. Maybe he's fallen asleep and you need to wake him up. Not Yahweh. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. Um, Friends, there is so much here. Your God does not slumber or sleep, so you can Right? I, think, I think more Christians need to understand how spiritual sleep is. When I'm having trouble sleeping, not always, but often, when I'm having trouble sleeping, it's usually because of a couple reasons. I'm either taking myself too seriously or I am not taking God seriously enough. All right, I'm not trying to diagnose all your sleep issues. You might have sleep apnea, all right? You might have eaten too much steak and you have the meat sweats, all right? I don't know. But more often than not, when I'm having trouble sleeping, it's because I'm thinking too much of myself and not enough of God. And I would just encourage us to to do with our sleep what we should do with every area of our life, and that's trust God with it, right? Because what does sleep do? Sleep forces us to admit that we are needy, contingent, dependent people, creatures. We can't go without it. You try to go on without it, try to power through without it, your body keeps the score and it will shut down. You were made to be dependent. You are different than God. I am different than God. Some of the greatest acts of faith we will do in our life is in our hardest weeks, go to sleep, right? Like on some of our darkest nights, making the decision to power down and trust that God still rules and reigns. And while I sleep, he will be working for my good and his glory. While I sleep, he will be helping me in my journey. That will be some of our biggest acts of faith. That has been some of my biggest acts of faith is just going to sleep. So this one who helps us, he's our guardian. He never sleeps. He never stops. 
right? Look at the final verses. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Think about going in, coming out. Think about sun and moon. The authors want to make it clear in all of life, God's got you. And we need to be careful because is he saying, all right, well, then Christians never stub their toe. Christians never struggle with mental health. I think we should give this ancient author enough credit that he knew, yes, even the pilgrims on the way up to Jerusalem stumbled and fell and skinned their, skinned their knee. That, that's not what he's saying. He must be saying something else. And it's this. That as you make that journey, your God is with you, even in the suffering, even in the challenge. His help is with you. He is present and he will provide what you need in that time. And that evil, you will be kept from evil and your life will be kept in a full and final way. If you are a Christian, if you've put your hope in Christ, you know that there's no way that evil or death will fully have the, the, the final say. That's what he's saying is God will keep you and protect you in that kind of way. And remember, this is a, this is a psalm of ascent, which presents a little bit of danger for us. Because if we think of it in an ascending way, I think there are some of us who are tempted to think then, okay, well, this is what I need to do. God's somewhere up there, and I'm somewhere down here. So what I need to do is ascend. I need to get up to God so that he can help me. If I'm just consistent enough, I'll get up there and he'll help me. If I'm just diligent enough or I do the right things, I can go up and I can get to God and I can have his help. I'll ascend and that's where the help is. That's not the hope of Psalm 121. The hope of Psalm 21, 121, the hope of the gospel is that help has come to find you. That this guardian and protector has sent his son to come and find you and find me. That's our hope. Our hope is that Jesus left his home in heaven and became helpless so that we might have the help of God. Think just real quickly about some of the things in Jesus' life and how he was helpless. All right, even if we just look towards the end of it, he asked the disciples to stay up with him while he was praying. To keep watch. Did they? No. They fell asleep. It has never been said of Peter and John, they never slumber nor sleep. His friends let him down. Think about the cross. Did he get help on the cross? At any moment, help could have come from angels to rescue him. Did help come on the cross? No. He was left there, helpless. Did he enjoy the shade of the Father's right hand on the cross? No, he didn't. He took on the heat of his judgment. Helpless. Friends, that's where my help comes from and your help comes from. The fact that he did that in our place. So there is a hill we look to. It's the hill that Jesus died on. That's where we look to for our help. That's where our hope comes from. And when we receive this help, 
when we realize God was willing to help us in this way at the expense of his own son's life, we think to ourselves, why in the world would he hold back any kind of other help that we truly need? If he gave us this kind of help, why would he hold anything else back from us that we truly need? And when we found this kind of help, we can move into the lives of others and help them. When we realize the help that we've got in Christ and from God, we can move into the lives of others and help them. I loved seeing the picture from Young Life Capernaum this week. Some of our friends, loving students, families with special needs, those who have experienced help from God, moving into lives of others, brokenness and challenge and hardship and sharing that kind of help. That's the kind of people we want to be here. That's what Capital Press Fairfax wants to be, is people who experience the help of God and move into the lives of others and let them know where that help comes from. So some questions for you this week. If you've experienced this help, what kind of lives are you moving into to extend that help? Maybe your question this week is, have I admitted my need for help? Maybe students, kids, maybe you know you're struggling with something and you're scared to tell your parents about it. Ask them for help. Maybe you need to ask your roommate for some help on something you're struggling with or somebody in your community group for help with something you're... Maybe you need to admit your need for help or have a conversation. What, what wrong places are you going to for help and why? Maybe that needs to be the, the question you need to ask and the discussion you need to have. And finally, what's going on this week? Again, students, I know you're starting school, a lot of you, in the next week or so. Adults, empty nesters, some of you just sent your kids away from college. What do you need help for this week? And will you go to your God, your guardian, protector, and keeper to get it? Let's pray and ask him to help us. Father, we confess we are creatures who are prone to to pride and to just not admit our need for help. So I pray for humility for myself and my friends. Help us to admit our need for help. Father, we're prone to go to all the wrong places, broken cisterns, when you, the living fountain, offers life and peace. So save us from wrong places. Help us to, to not go there. And Father, help us to see you as our true and great guardian, keeper, and protector. Help me and my friends to go to you this week as we face difficulties, as we face challenges, to trust you for the help that we need. Seeing that you have given us the greatest gift and the greatest help in Christ, victory over death and sin. It's in his name we pray. Amen.